This is the What's Next podcast, Houston's number one platform where I invite creatives to share their journeys and give us a depiction of their visions. Most importantly, the last question I'll ask is, what's next? Yo, listen, if you haven't listened and watched episode 63, you're missing and then catch the previous 62 episodes on my website, stillvisionary.com. Just an intro. Peace and blessings. Let's go. Yo, I feel like 95. Sachi on my body. Biggie, chicken, puppy. All that ballin' is a hobby. And I'm wildin' in my wallet. Houston, Texas. Welcome to episode number 64. Um, listen, quite a turnaround. I just did episode number 63 on Friday the 2nd and uh, no rather the 1st and you know I had to turn that around for Jayla she wanted to drop that episode on Saturday at noon so this is the regular scheduled regularly scheduled episode dropping Tuesday the um, 5th so uh, you know you already know what time it is, man. Let me remind you. Okay. I came here I said, Mom, I am to take over. And I want to start out by playing my girl's record. Boss you up. Before we go before we get into today's guest. Right? Let's get it, man. Yeah. 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 Let's go. Heard about me, but it's hard to find me. I lay low with my team, plotting on a milli. See, I don't work for free. Pay me what you owe me. I won't show up for free, I only come for money If you own it, then let me know If you wanna show, send my feeble foe I got what they asking for, ask me for a quote Yo, Houston, Texas, um, you see the new location I moved into my crib in April So when I recorded those two episodes uh, That weekend of the 18th, man, it was in preparation to move Start a new chapter of my life. So, shout out to my wife, Kizzy Ross Dyke. Um, I love you, and congratulations. Here we. Here we go. Hello. Sandra. Hey, what's good? Chilling, how are you? I'm doing good, chilling. Weather's great out here. I want to welcome you to episode number 64 of the What's Next podcast, a production of Still Visionary, Inc. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. We're recording right now, and uh, it's it's a pleasure to be finally talking to you, because I remember last year, Labor Day weekend when I came out to LA, you were the ones that I you were one of the ones that I wanted to talk to out there. Dope. Well, thank you for having me. Super happy to be catching up with you. No doubt, no doubt. How you been? I've been good, man. Just quarantining, you know, but still staying active. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a lot to talk about this episode, including your journey. Um. But uh, you know what? We'll go here first. Um, let's introduce our social media handles so we don't disrupt the flow of the conversation when we get to that point. Go ahead. Okay. So my social media is at Sandra Adara Bigby. So S-A-N-D-R-A-A-D-E-R-I-B-I-G-B-E. And then my company Instagram is at DTR Events. Okay. D-T-R-E-V-E-N-T-S. Okay. And uh, my name is John Ross Dyke the First, and you can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter 
at John Ross Dyke and still underscore visionary. If you would connect with me on LinkedIn, subscribe to my YouTube channel, like my fan page on Facebook, and visit my website at stillvisionary.com. That's S T I L L V I S I O N A R Y dot com. In front of you, Sandra, you can't see this, but in front of you, when you watch this episode, I have all my paraphernalia, my t shirts, and my What's Next podcast t shirt, and you can shop stillvisionary.com slash apparels. Dope. No doubt. So um, I guess I'll start off here. Um, in the evolution of my podcast, I have, um, I think I've lost a few viewers and listeners because I haven't identified or the guest and I haven't identified what people should take from the episode in regards to the creative. So I'm interested to find out what people should take um, from our conversation and your journey. Well, basically, if at the end of this conversation, people can take the concept of really just figuring out what you love in life and then figuring out a way to monetize it Mm. and then enjoying the journey. That's really that's really what I, I would love if people can walk away with that, you know, just. Life is really too short to be doing anything you don't love. So Mm. the first thing is to figure out what you love, what sparks joy. And then the second thing is to figure out how to make money off of it. There's really no excuse to not make money off of something you love to do. There's so many ways to monetize really just about anything. So figuring out how to make money doing it. And then really it takes time. It's not like it's something that comes automatically, but really the when you actually figure out that it's all about the journey and figuring out how to enjoy the process instead of just trying to get to a certain result, life gets a lot easier. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you can always find the positive in things. You can always understand that if even things don't seem like they're working out now, at the end, it always works out. So rather than stress only for it to work out, just don't stress and wait for it to work out. You know what I mean? So well done. Yeah. No doubt. So, I mean, obviously we go way back. Um, yeah, for sure. We go way, way back. Um, we didn't grow up together, but what, what's, what side of the city are you from? Where did you go to high school at? So I went to high school. I went to two, di- actually three different high schools. <laughs> so I grew up in, I grew up in uh, Southwest Houston, Texas. area. Okay. Yes. Houston, Texas. Sorry. Okay. I got to put context. Houston, Texas. I'm from Houston. Okay. Um, grew up in Southwest. Started off in private school, Fort Bend Baptist Academy, then mm. moved to Dulles High School in Stafford. And then we moved to Sugarland. And then I went to uh, Lamar Consolidated Okay. for the rest of my high school. So three different high schools. Okay. And so when I say we go way back, I... um. I met you. I mean, we we met in the U of H circuit party, whatever scene. But uh, I I really came into acquaintance with you when uh, you started working for Cosmo and you were yeah. involved with um. You were involved with uh um Vic. I'm, I'm, his name slipped my mind. You were involved with Vic and you were working with Cosmo. Um, yeah. From there, you moved to Jersey. Right? You said what? I said, from there, you moved to Jersey. Yes. Yeah, catch me up. Catch me up. Catch me up. Like, um, what was the whole, um, and I hope this doesn't spill off into our next segment, but you moved to Jersey, and what was the whole um, move? Like, chronalize that for me. What, what were you doing at the time period? Yeah, so basically, I kind of had came to a plateau in my career in Houston. Well, in my mind, I did. Um, I was super, super busy, but I didn't feel like I was making the money I wanted to make or really getting the experiences that I wanted to experience. So I'm an event producer, um, went to college, uh, to be a lawyer, then decided like first week, nah, I'm not going to do all that. Then, um, went to switched my major to business, couldn't pass math. It wasn't working for me. <laughs> then um, I changed, eventually changed it to communications major, which I loved because it just taught me how to work with groups, how to be a leader, how to communicate, which I feel like set the foundation for me to go into event planning and marketing. So when I graduated, started my own company, 
um, did event planning. Um, you met me when I was working for Cosmo. Cosmo was one of the first people I worked with, worked for out of college mm. who taught me him and Victor. They definitely taught me the game. Like those are my OGs right there. My brothers in the sense of we was in the lab all day, every day, period. Like you wake up in the morning, we went to the office and we did lead to 9 a.m., 9 p.m., even times later than that. It was just the standard, you know, and nobody was asking us to work these hours. Nobody, because everybody was working for themselves. But just that work ethic of, you know, you gonna grind all day for yourself, you know, so appreciate them for that. So anyways, um, fast forward, I'm in Houston. I've been doing these event planning. Um, I was also working with this social junkie, which is a sports bar. Um, I was doing their marketing and managing all the parties and stuff like that. But I kind of got to a point where I felt like I was very, very overworked and underpaid. And mm. again, not being stretched creativity, like creative wise, like I wasn't planning nothing I wanted to plan. Mm. So uh, I remember <clears throat> it was actually a contract that I had that ended a lot quicker than I thought it was going to end with a with, you know, a group of people who I thought I was going to work with forever. You know what I mean? Yeah. So after, um, after that contract ended, I was like, all right, what next? You know what I mean? You got to do something for yourself. You can't keep trying to build for everyone else to not build for yourself. You know what I mean? You can't keep giving your all to all these different companies, even if it's a small business, you know, you can't keep giving your all to all these different companies. Cause at the end of the day, business is business, you know? So you, you can always get replaced, you know? Mm. So I started searching. I was like, all right, well, let me just go into corporate America and plan some events for them and use their money. Is Cause that, a lot of the event, go is ahead. That, I'm sorry. Is that what you mean by business is business that you're replaceable? Yeah. In the sense of it's not personal that I'm replaceable, but everybody's replaceable in business because business is business and nobody okay. should go into business. Think taking it personal. You okay. know what I mean? You could love somebody. Yeah. You know, um, so I started searching for jobs and there was literally nothing in Houston. And I remember distinctly being on LinkedIn, searching for event producer jobs in Houston, nothing pulled up. Then I took away the city and I just looked up event producer jobs. And I saw that New York literally had all the jobs, mm -hmm. all these jobs, all these brands that I didn't even think about wanting to work with until I saw like these job descriptions. It basically just opened up my eyes. I was like, wow, like there's so many jobs out there for event planners like me. They're just not here, you know? Yeah. So at that point I was like, all right, well, I got to move to New York. Mm -hmm. So my best friend, uh, one of my best friends lives in, she lived in Jersey City, which is technically, yeah, which is New Jersey, but right yeah. on the brink of New York. Hudson River. Um, yeah. yeah. Like we were literally like eight minutes away from the World Trade Center. Yeah, so yeah, she yeah. lived in New Jersey um, and I was like, all right, can I stay with you for a little bit and come to New York and basically just kind of try to figure things out, figure out if I'm going to start applying for some stuff you know, trying to network, really just trying to see what's up. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm going to stay at your spot for a little bit. And, you know, her being the great friend that she was, she was like, for sure. So I literally packed up two suitcases mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, I moved to New York. I went with this, I started working with this creative agency, this recruiting agency called Creative Circle. So mm -hmm. I sent them Somebody referred me to them who got a job in New York. So I sent them my resume and went to go interview with them as soon as I landed. And then literally within two weeks, uh, I got a job offer for this shipping company called Maersk Line. Uh, they were looking for a marketing uh, event planner, basically an event planner, but it was within the marketing team. Okay. They were looking for somebody to come and basically help them build an event planning program you know they never had an event planner before it was usually just people kind of coming together so they were really looking for somebody to kind of help them make events more of a strategy mm. so i interviewed with them and i ended up getting that job in two weeks so everything happened so quickly because i thought i was gonna go there and maybe come back i didn't even really tell people i was leaving because i didn't know what i was doing yeah you know but yeah. as soon as i pulled as soon as i got to new york you know, I got the job, so I just ended up staying. Yeah. And yeah, that's kind of how I got to New York, which was definitely, man, that was 
I'm so grateful for those. I lived there two and a half years. Yeah. That definitely put some hair on my chest for sure. <laughs> that place. Yeah. The good, the that good place. kind. The good kind. <laughs> yeah. The good kind, man. That place was not easy. New York is like for no suckers for yeah. sure. Yeah. It's, so, 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 yeah. so, um, while in New York, what, what, what did you feel feeling wise, aesthetically, what did you feel that the difference was between home and New York inside of that, um, new lane that you were traveling on? Honestly, I, and it could have just been the way I was positioning myself in Houston, but I just felt a lot more respected for what I did in New York. Mm. You know, I felt like the details that I put into events, the strategy that I had was actually appreciated and needed. Mm. And it was such an amazing experience to see all your ideas, all the things that you thought were true come to life. You know, I had all these concepts that this would be dope for an event or this would be cool for a strategy or if we did this, we can probably get more people to sell. But I never really had the company that had the budget to pay me either to build it out or to afford to do the things that I wanted to do. So, you know, I just felt like the whole energy in New York was more, they appreciate hard work and talent because that's the only way you stick out. Nobody cares about the extra stuff. You can't really, I don't want to say you can't fake it in New York, but yeah, man, you really can't fake it in New York. Mm. <laughs> you know, you are, you gotta, you really got to come with it because nobody really has time to play no games. They're trying to catch the train. They're trying to get home. Yeah. Everything is hard to get to. It's mm. not really that easy to move around in New York. So everything is quick. And at first I took it very personally. I was like, why is everyone so mean? Like no one even looks, but then shit, well, you missed the train a few times. You understand why people are walking so fast. You got places <laughs> to go, you know, like yeah, yeah. you, you missed the train. You got to wait another hour to get to the next train. You've got to pay a taxi. It's an hour to be in a taxi and then taxis are hella expensive. Like you have places to go, you know? So I think, um, yeah, as far as comparison to Houston and New York, I feel like it was just a lot. I, I felt like I thrived in the sense of I was finally around people who respected the details, you know, instead of just res like appreciated it, but didn't really want to pay for it. You feel me? Yeah. 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 So uh, creativity comes from experiences. Um, let's 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 backtrack a little bit. You're back. You're in Houston. Creatively. How did you start that whole process of event planning? What was that first experience like? And then moving to New York, um, what was your first event there that, you know, finally put like you said, put the hair on your chest? What was the first event in New York and where did you start in Houston at with the creative aspect of everything? Yeah. So in college, it actually started in college. So I was a part of this organization called the Southwestern black student leadership conferences. And I was in the programs committee. And so I, it was my job to find talent. We had a, we had like an entertainment night that I had to plan. And then we had a banquet that I had to coordinate. And my budget was like $20,000 or something mm. like that for the whole. That was a really big budget for a college kid. You know what I mean? I was like, wow, you know. So um, that's, I, I plan, I think the first event I planned, it was a casino night. And then I planned this banquet for about 150 students. And really after planning that, I knew like I, it was just this feeling I had. I was like, OK, like this feeling of working so hard and then seeing the event come to life and seeing people really just enjoy themselves. I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. Like, I just knew like I, I just knew I just felt it. And I never felt anything like that before. I never felt certain about anything I wanted to do before. Okay. So I, so I did that and then it was really the, so I did that for two years. It was really the last event I did in college where, so we had, I planned a fashion show slash concert and that was when you remember that piff when everyone was on that yeah, piff yeah, download yeah, yeah, yeah. and mix it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I've always been into, I love rap. You feel me? I think it's cause I grew up not being able to listen to it. So as soon as I got to college, I was just rap. So I was on, yeah. I was basically on that bit, that pib trying to find an artist that I can book that would be cheap enough yeah. to where I can afford it, but would be popping enough to where people would fuck with it. Yeah. So uh, it was literally between, this was in 2010. Okay. So no, 2009. Okay. So, so it was we, literally we, we, between we, J. Cole. Okay. 
Drake, okay. J. Cole, Drake, Wiz Khalifa. Okay. Um, and I went with J. Cole. And so I booked him. I had a fashion show. And I, I just really remember basically after that event, I was like, all right, like this is exactly what I want to do. And again, after I graduated, I was just like, okay, let me start my own event planning company. And I started it and basically had contract work around it to make sure I made money. But yeah, it was definitely in college planning those conferences that really made me realize this is what I wanted to do. Okay. So, uh, okay, let's go into the event event planning. Give me your top three things that you as a professional event planner are looking to um, do the most with, with the least amount of money. Say that one more time. Give me the top three things that you're looking as an event planner that you're looking to do and accomplish with the least amount of money. Um, in regards to any event I'm planning or yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. I don't really, yeah. Yeah. Like, like if you're going to, okay. So like if you, if, if you're planning for DTR, you're planning an event, what are the top mm-hmm. three things that you need to do? If you, with the, with the budget that you're allotted, what are the top three things that you need to do in the event? What? You- okay. Um, so the first thing you need to do is, the first thing you need to do to make sure your event is successful is to figure out the purpose in the beginning. Okay. So once you figure out, all right, why am I doing this event for? That gives you a lot of clarity on whether or not you even need to do it. Then okay. the second thing you need to figure out is who is this event for? So once I know why the event is going on and who it's for, I literally just create an experience that would make that person coming feel good. And a lot of times those things don't even cost that much, you know? So it's more so I look at what, you know, if you're, if you're just trying to get sales, if you're just trying to get people involved, you can get really creative when it comes to the budget. It's more so how are you trying to reach these people? What do you, what do you want them to feel and how can we work backwards with what we have to create that? So everything I do is around that, it really would just depend on what type of event for me to figure out like, all right, like I want to do this, like this is a priority regardless of the budget, but it just depends on who are you doing it for. Sometimes you don't need all that extra stuff to spend all that extra stuff. If you're trying to reach this demographic, they don't even care about that and you're wasting all this money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so in booking J Cole, was it because he was just the hottest thing around? What was the difference between J. Cole to you and and uh, Wiz Khalifa to you? Ayo, so really I just picked, at that time in my life, I just picked the rapper that I related to the most that I felt oh, okay. like would relate to college students the most. Correct. So okay. J. Cole had went to college, you know what I mean? He played ball. Uh, I felt like that would... I feel like that would be a better pick. Mm-hmm. Low key, I wanted to go with Drake because yeah. Drake is Drake was my favorite. But at that, well, they both are my favorite. But at that time, like I was like Drake is gonna be popping. But I chose J Cole because I felt like all right, this is a student leadership conference, and J Cole like has this energy that I feel like people can look up to, and then he he can spit, you know. So that's why I picked him. Wiz was still popping too, but I just felt like J Cole fit the demographic even better. I loved all three though. Yeah. So you're, you're in New York is okay. So you're in New York. When do you, when Uh do you plan, when do you plan on going to LA? What was the LA move? Like when did you know that New York was, was, was finished? Yeah. So it's so crazy. I, 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 again, I love New York for the toughness that I felt like could put in me and maybe learn how to not take things personal, but I was never, I already knew like, two months into New York that I couldn't stay there forever. It was just too, it, I just, it just didn't never felt like home to me. You know what I mean? It just felt like it was a place that I was supposed to be to learn. So really it was, uh, it was two years in my company. Right. And I had just pitched to them. So I came up with this. I did a lot for Ameris Klein in the sense of they never really had an event planner that cared about events like me. So I was telling them, look, y'all don't need to spend $30,000 on this. And they were like, what? And I'm like, yeah, no one cares. It's not doing this. You can actually do this for a lot cheaper. So they, they loved me. But it got to the point where because it was a shipping company, uh, the largest shipping company in the world, but it was a shipping company, that demographic was literally just old white men. You know, so a lot of the after I got done planning a lot of the stuff, it was it started to get repetitive. You know, I was planning the same conferences. I was planning the same customer dinners. 
And so they hired me because they wanted me to think out the box. So I was never afraid to come up with a proposal like, yo, let's try this. And so it was actually at the point where it was two and a half years and I was in and I was literally like, I'm not about to do if I if I if they don't let me do something crazy or something out the box, I can't stay here because I'm stagnant. I'm literally doing the same thing over and over again. So I came up to them with a proposal like, yo, let's do South by Southwest. Like, let's ha- let's get like a whole container uh, and really like change the game in the sense of bringing awareness to how we're changing the world with shipping. Because shipping, I mean, we touch everything, you know. So they were like, yeah, we love it. Put together a proposal. I put it together. I went and met with everyone. Got so close, and then toward and then literally, I went to the um, head of North America sat down, talked with him, like explained my idea. And they were like, we love it, but it's just a little bit too risky for us right now. Mm. And so after that, I was like, I'm out. Like mentally, I was just like, all right, I'm out. Like I already knew I was out, but I'm out. Like y'all, I, what what can y'all do for me? You know? Yeah. And so I literally told them, I started talking to them. I was like, all right, where can I go? Like, where can I grow? Because I've already done everything here. And they're like, do you want to go to Copenhagen? And I was like, no, don't nobody want to go to Copenhagen. I was not working there. Where's that Denmark. Oh, okay. Denmark. Okay. Okay. No, I was not. I ain't moving. Moving to New York by myself was already scary and it's cold. I ain't moving to, I ain't going to Denmark by myself where there's like three black people. <laughs> Hell no. Hell no. Even though I have been to Copenhagen, that place is such a vibe. Like it, the people there are so nice, like so beautiful. But at the end of the day, nah, it's not happening. Yeah. Like not by myself. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I got to go. So it was literally between Houston and LA. And I was literally 50, 50. Cause I always knew I wanted to live in LA. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I never really had a reason to. And Houston was home and I knew I wasn't going to stay in New York. I was like, all right, I got the experience I need next. Um, and so I remember going home to Houston for Thanksgiving mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was I stayed there like a week, which was really like the longest I'd stay there in a while. Mm-hmm. And I remember going there for Thanksgiving and going out and I was like, you know what? I can't do it. I can't come back here because I'm not even the same Sandra anymore. Yeah. Like, like it was just I don't feel like. I felt like I had to reintroduce myself a lot to people and mm-hmm. kind of, you know, I just was like, nah, it's, it, I'm not going to say it would go back, be, be going backwards to go home, but it just didn't feel like it was the place for me. I, I, I was just like, nah, it's not going to challenge me. Plus there were still no jobs in Houston yeah. that were exciting enough, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I had another, my other best friend lived in LA, Long Beach. So I was like, shit, what's up? I'm about to, I, well, more so I had I planned this a lot better than I did my trip to Houston. So I saved up. I was like, I'm gonna save up this amount of money mm-hmm. so that when I move to LA, I can literally go pick where I li- want to live and live wherever I want and be good for like two months yeah. until I figure some shit out. Yeah. So um I waited till I saved that money. I saved that money, then I put in like a four week notice. And then my best friend, Rahel, she lived in Long Beach. I was like, what's up, Rahel? I'm a, can I come? She had an extra bedroom. So she was like, come stay with me so you can figure out where you want to live. Because Mm -hmm. I didn't want to just move to LA and just pick an apartment. So I went to stay and stay with her for a few, a month, actually, a few months. um, Figured out where I wanted to live. um, Found a place in Hollywood, super close to Runyon, because Runyon is one of the places that when I went there, I was like, all right, I could definitely do this every day. Yeah. So moved to Hollywood and yeah, man, I've been here like, dang, I think it's been two years now. Yeah. Okay. It's crazy. You've lived yeah. in, you're from Houston. You've lived in New, mm-hmm. New York. Houston mm-hmm. is home and now you live in LA. Is yes. LA home for you? Yeah, bro. LA yeah. is home for me. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. crazy. I never thought, I never thought I would, Houston is home. Houston is home for sure. Like Houston's always going to be a part of me. Like I'm Houston till the day I die. And I definitely plan on getting a house in Houston. Yeah. Definitely plan on always like my business is based out of Houston. Like I'm always going to rep Houston, yeah. but LA is where I'm at and LA is where I'm going to be. Yeah. And I don't really know. I don't really see myself moving anywhere else anytime soon. I'm going to, you never know what the Lord has in store. So I'm never going to say never, but Amen. as far as, as of me right now, like LA is my home right now. Yeah. Yeah. If you had to define yourself with one word, what would that word be? Mm, 
too. Because as I as I think about that word, because I've asked that that question in a few episodes, right? Um, and I'm thinking about that word for myself, and I haven't quite come up with that word yet. But I'm curious to know what that word sounds like or is for you. Hmm. That's a that's a that's a good question. One word. Um, as well, I'll just you know what I'll just say how I feel as of today. Okay. <laughs> so if I could if I can explain myself how I feel your journey your journey yeah your move your your creation what would you say that one word is for you. Resilient is just the word that keeps coming to my head. Okay. Resilient. I, I'm just never going to stop. Okay. And I've had a lot of reasons to stop most of the time, about 90% of the time. I feel like I I'm, I'm in it alone. (laughs) That's kind of how a lot of entrepreneurs feel. Yeah. But regardless, like even when it don't make sense to other people, like I'm still going to go. You know, I'm still going to keep trying. I'm going to learn. You know, we're going to keep it rocking. Okay. Even with this whole corona energy yeah. that's just been going around. Yeah. I've had to, especially as an event planner, especially in the hospitality industry, my my industry was affected very much so. Yeah. All my events were canceled. Yeah. And all my events are probably still going to be canceled. Yeah. But I had to ask myself, in that moment, you know, what you going to do? Yeah. You know, like what you going to do? You going to cry about it or you going to figure something out? And I have, I'm doing virtual events now and they're just as popping. They can make just as much money, you know what I mean? And they take just as much creativity. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Um, what songs on your mind right now? Yeah, what song is on my mind? You know, when you when you said that you love the rap, I said, okay, this is going to be a good question to ask her because I ask the question in every episode. What <laughs> song is on your mind right now at this very moment? And I'll see if I can match it. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I literally have been playing Savage Remix. Okay. I know that's, that's, that's just the vibe I've been on okay. as of... Like the last ten minutes ago. Yeah. What do you <laughs> think about what do you think about Beyonce's? Well, two Houston chicks, uh, Meg and and Beyonce. What do you think about her um, verse? Yo, so loved it. You know, it's crazy. I whenever Meg dropped Savage, I literally texted my homegirl and I was like, Yo, Beyonce's gonna hop on a track with Meg. Maybe not anytime soon, but mm. Beyonce's about to hop on a track with Meg. And my homegirl was like, Nah, you crazy girl. What you talking about? I was like, Listen to me. Beyonce's going to hop on a track with Meg soon. Meg is Meg right now is too beastie and she just started. Wait yeah. till she gets like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So when this song dropped, it just proved to me, like, you know what? Like, trust your, trust your vision. You feel me? Like, trust your intuition. Yeah. Because that shit can help you predict the future. <laughs> and if you're smart about it, you can actually work around those instincts. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, had I been smart enough, I could have, I could have, I could have dropped something. Like, you know, even I mean, and again, I'm not really in the music industry, so like, but I have an apparel one. I could have, you know, done a Beyonce and Meg something before it even happened, and then bam, it would have happened, and then it could have gone viral. You know yeah. what I mean? So I love just being able to peep how the culture moves and feeling like I'm in tune with it because eventually I'll be able to predict it and monetize it. Yeah. I know that sounds real strategic, but no, whatever. <laughs> it, it sounds it sounds right up your alley. Um, yeah. So, so my song that's on my mind is. You know, you mentioned uh, Meg, you mentioned Beyonce. They're both Houston artists. I'm going to go with a Houston artist myself. Uh, I don't know if you remember, um, but there's a, a gentleman. His name is Trey Rogers. Roger, Roger he went to TSU. He mm-hmm. just dropped a new album. It's called G14. I'm going to go with, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to go with the, hold on. I want to make sure I get it right. And so I was, I was listening to it today. And he had a line in there. He was like, I represent. He he took the old LL Cool J saying in um 
and a record that he had a long time ago. And he was like, I represent the Clark. She was raised out in Jutland. And those are two South Side uh, neighborhoods. The Harlem Clark is mm-hmm. a South Side neighborhood. And Jutland is, mm-hmm. a, is, a, is a South Side neighborhood that runs through um, South Park. So the name of that song, let me, give me one second to research it. One second. Yeah, for sure. The name of that song, see my computer moving all slow. The name of that song, I was just looking at it. The name of that song, Sandra, is Type of Guy. By, uh, type Tra- of Guy? Type of Guy by Trey Rogers featuring Ashley Jackson. Type of Guy. And I would play it on here, but you wouldn't be able to hear it. Let me play it a little bit. You'll be able to hear it. When you listen to the episode, it's playing right now. But uh, it's the type of guy by uh, Trey Rogers featuring Ashley Jackson. All right, Ben, I'm gonna listen to it. I found on. it. Hold on, give me, yeah, okay, okay. So you found it? Yeah. Yeah, I'll he just he, later. He, yeah. Vitamin water and the DMs like busy tomorrow. Questions, emojis in a playful jargon. Reply to my aims like don't get me started. You full of games and plus you cold hearted. Got bears all over. Yeah, my bad. I don't know. I'm playing it. See, that's the thing. I mean, you, you meant you talked about you talked about being creative amidst amidst this uh COVID nineteen and I found a way to continue the podcast on so I lose that connectivity for you to be able to hear the record on air. Um during the podcast with you not being here, but I'm still grateful to be able to talk to you on the podcast in this manner. You know what I'm saying? And not have to say, you know what, we'll be back when COVID-19 dies down a little bit. So I was just listening to the record. I ain't even mean to, you know, not be responsive in that moment. Um, so, uh, Sandra, um, we've, we've, we've talked about a lot in this episode, right? Um, my thing is during the conversation i've I've heard you say a lot of of being aware of what people like to be able to pitch that idea to the people that you have been working for. Where do you get that intuition from? How do you stay relatable to be able to say, "Hey, when you pitch this idea like you pitched the South by Southwest to North America, where do you get that relata- uh, relatability from? Honestly, meditation. Okay. I'm not even going to lie to you. Whenever I started figuring out how to slow my mind down Mm. and separate from all the feelings and emotions that I was feeling and recognize that, yo, everything you feel and everything you, all these emotions that you have and every thought that you think, that's not you. You know, you're the awareness that views the thoughts and views the feelings, but it doesn't define you, meaning that you don't have to think about these things all day. If it doesn't feel good to think about it, you can just think about something that feels good. So I really had that's what meditation taught me. So in learning how to slow down my mind, a lot of great ideas come to me. I notice a lot of things more. My creativity now at 31.5. Eight. I'm about to be 32. When? Uh, in June, in June, June 29th. Okay. So. Okay. That's a. That's my, a. Okay. Okay. Never mind. Go yeah, ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Up. Yeah. My creativity now is a hundred times more than it was when I started, only because I can observe things more and I'm not so much in my head. So if you watch people, they tell you what they want real easy. If you mm. watch things, like you can see patterns, you can see what sells, you can see what's popping, you can feel what's popping and what makes you excited, you know, what 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 will make you click, you know, and if you can really get in, into touch with that, then you can sell anything. But a lot of times people are so worried about what other people are doing. People are so worried about what other people think about them. People are so worried about what they feel like people might feel that they come up with stuff, they come up with projects, they come up with businesses and they don't really hit, you know, because at the end they it don't really feel real. It feels like you're just saying what you want me to hear. Yeah. You know, so the only way you can be a part of the culture is to be the culture. You know, it, it's to actually live it. It's to actually experience it. Ask yourself, you know, what 
what works for me? What makes me happy? What am I buying all the time? What am I listening to all the time? And the only way you can actually notice that is if you take the time to slow your mind down so that you can actually put things together. All of my great ideas, it's crazy. It comes to me in the morning. Mm. Like when I wake up in the morning after I meditate, literally I'll have like a rush of like, you should do this with this. They're like, this would be a good idea. And I, and I write them down. I literally have a book of just ideas of different marketing strategies, different taglines, different businesses that I come up with just because when I'm able to slow my mind down, that's when God can speak to you, you know, because God, everyone has an inner greatness in them. God is within all of us, you know, and he wants us to be great. He wants us to be creative at whatever we want to do. He wants us to be all that we can be, but we're so busy listening to everything else, but him, you know what I mean? We're, we're so, we're so listen. We're so busy listening to what people have to say. We're so busy being brainwashed by social media. We're so busy being influenced by all these things instead of realizing, like, no, like the magic is actually within you if you just chill. Like, if you just chill the fuck out, just chill. Mm-hmm. Like, everything will come to you. <laughs> you know, all the ideas you think the answer will come and just chilling out. So that's really where I get my creativity from, from God and just learning how to slow my mind down and really just notice all the answers are right in front of you. It's not, it's super easy, you know, like it's not easy, but you get what I'm trying to say. I do. I do. So, um, obviously, um, um, I've been to New York a few times um, mm-hmm. in my 35 years of existence going on 36, which you say you were, you were 31.8. I might be, <laughs> I might be 35 points. What, what month is this? Is this uh, what is it? What month is this? This is uh, uh, Ma- May. May. Yeah. Four more months would be, so I might be 35 point. Uh, let's say eight. Uh, no, 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 no. Yeah. Let's say eight because it's 12 months from your birthday to the next birthday. So it might be 12.8. So you really, you really might be 31.11. Really. If I'm <laughs> Thanks, doing the math, <laughs> if I'm and doing I math. appreciate that. Cause you know, I told you how <laughs> math went. I don't know yeah. shit about math. So I just make numbers that sound good. <laughs> so I'm, I'm 35.8. Right. Uh-huh. And, and, um, before I turned 35, I made my first voyage to Los Angeles and mm-hmm. I realized how alluring LA was. Cause initially I said, you know what? I'll never go to LA. I'll never go to LA. But I say that ignorantly, right? I'm in LA mm. for a day and I buy a brand new laptop. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and a, my laptop that seemingly worked for me for, I would say eight, nine years when I get out to LA to do my first podcast, it just is not, it's not working. So I'm just like, forget it. I'll go out and buy a laptop and I'm driving the coast of LA and I'm just like, wow, this city is really beautiful. Right. What is the difference to you between, and I'm backtracking a little bit. What is the difference to you between LA and New York besides the weather? Yo, so what I love about New York is that Everything looks the same, which is most of the time dirty Mm. until you get to where you need to get Mm. like New York. You'll walk into like the dirtiest alley with rats everywhere and shit. But then you go up the elevator and you go to the hundredth floor and the views you see Mm. are are uncomparable. You Mm. know, Uh, I've been to some house parties in Brooklyn on the roof, watching the sun go down like those vibes are so dope. I, I do distinctly. And again, I'm so grateful for meditation because there's so many times in New York that I remember like telling myself like, yo, you might not ever feel this again or see this again. Mm. Enjoy this moment. So there's so many moments I've been in New York where I've seen these views that I'm like, wow, like this shit mm. <laughs> is I can't, it's like the stuff you see in movies. I can't even explain. Like yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. And then the people in New York and yeah. So as far as, New York, it's like, all right, you might gotta, it's, it's secret. Like the dope stuff is secret, but once you find the place and like, once you get up to the top floor, like it's amazing, but everything is on the top. Like Mm. everything on the bottom is to me personally, everything on the bottom, it was just too much. Like, Mm. you know, like it was just too much. So 
That that was New York. It's a good place. I feel like you can experience New York just by visiting. Yeah. You don't got to live there to experience all the fun of New York. You can just visit and go there a weekend and enjoy it, and you'll be good. Because most I, people in New York... I beg to differ, but go ahead. You I do? Beg to, I beg to differ <laughs> only because... I've been to New York with my wife. I've been to New York with Phil and Mike, and I've been to New York by myself. And um, if you don't know the ins and outs, if you don't know where to go, you know, you can't really have that true New York experience. You know what well, I mean? I agree. No, I agree. I mean, I mean more so like you, if you have some, I completely agree. If you have somebody that you know from New York that knows what's popping. Yeah. And yeah. you go meet with them, you can still experience everything in a weekend. Okay, okay. Because most of the people who live in New York ain't doing nothing but yeah. working and going home because no that's that's just how it is mostly when you live in the city that you're not, you know what I mean, that people visit. No so doubt. that was what I loved about New York, just the views. And I've been to a few, I've been to a lot of places. Um, the views in New York are unmatched. Yeah. Uh, it's a magical feeling when you get to the top. It's almost like a life. You got to work, and sometimes it's not really cute when you go through it. But once you get to the top, it's like, you know? Yeah, I do. So that's what I love about New York. L.A., though, like, L.A. is just, uh, to me, it's just a perfect combination of everything. Mm. To where I can literally see myself, like... Because I love good weather. I love a good day, but I don't like it too hot. I love yeah. a good 80 degree weather. I know you say don't talk about weather, but that's the most important. That's what makes L.A. so lit. Every day kind of feels like the best sunny day ever. Whereas in most cities, you only get a few of those sunny days. Yeah. Um, and then as far as being able to go hiking, then being able to go to the beach, then being able to go downtown, you really get all of the aspects. You know what I mean? Yeah. You really get all three different elements of what you would love in a city. You know, I, I like to work out. So hiking is a lot of fun to me. So I love going to the hills and hiking and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but I know if I want to drive and go to the beach and see water, I can do that literally the same day, you yeah. know? And that's just, um, that's just what I love about LA. LA, um, as far as landscape and stuff like that, I feel like the people here in LA, um, they're chill, a little bit more dense. You know what I mean? What does that <laughs> I mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? Like, not a lot of substance here in LA when it mm. comes to people. Like, people be where I be so confused about the shit people be worried about in LA. I'm like, what? We really all right, like y'all got it. And a lot of people fake it. So they make it. This is the place of fake it to make it. Like this is where fake it to make it was invented. So <laughs> So a lot of people out here just like, hey, what's your name? What do you do? So I can figure out how I can use you. Mm. Like that's just the energy I get. Like, and it's like, all right, just because I meet you and you figure out what I do, it doesn't necessarily mean I want to work with you. Like, you know, like it doesn't mm -hmm. necessarily mean we have to connect. We could we could just enjoy ourselves right now. You know, we could just get to know each other instead of like trying to figure out if I'm beneficial to you, vice versa, you know? So that's just the only disadvantage. Whereas in New York, like people are kind of not as friendly, but when you get to know them, like there, there's so much different cultures and personalities. It's, it, it's amazing. You meet a lot of really amazing people, you know, same thing with LA, but those are, I've met some really dope people in LA that are super chill, but those are like the two differences between both cities really for me. Okay. Um, so, um, I want to go into, let, let me ask you this question. So um, a young woman or a young man is uh, um, trying to start a career in event planning. What bit of advice would you give them to get started? Uh, and the reason why I say that this is a learning podcast. Mm -hmm. What I mean by that is that I would hope that everybody who listens to this podcast get something from it, right? And that's why I moved that what should people take segment to the beginning so that people would know five, 10 minutes into the episode, if they haven't gotten what they want to get from it, just turn it off and, you know, I'm luck luckily you give it to somebody else or you just turn it off and say, I'll try next episode with John. But um, I'm interested to know what, what, what people, what uh, advice you would give to that upcoming person that follows you. Hey, if you're going to event plan, this is where you should start. What what does that sound like? 
I would first say to educate yourself. Meaning what? In whatever way you can. Meaning what? Meaning what? So if you want to learn how, if you want to plan weddings, Mm -hmm. go and, and this doesn't mean going to college. It just means going to Google college. Mm. If you want to plan weddings, I went and got a, I started off wanting to plan weddings and I got a wedding planning certificate. Mm. Uh, you know, I went and educated myself. Then I wanted to do corporate events. So I would just go online and like read what corporate event planners do, like what are best practices and stuff like that. Mm. I spent a lot of time initially educating myself. I paid to go to LA for, um, conferences on event planning. I would, literally pay out my pocket to do all these things. I paid to go to this one like business retreat in Montana in that, in the mountains because I felt like it would help me. You know what I mean? I, I spent so much time and energy just educating myself so that when it came time to talk about it, I knew what I was talking about. You couldn't play me, you know, you can no play doubt. me in a lot of things. Like you can throw a math problem and have me stumped for sure. <laughs> but when it, yeah, throw some math, you gonna see me <laughs> throw throw a math problem. I mean, that's the best way to get me stumped. But yeah. when it comes to what I do, if I, I never, I'm always a student. I've never got it figured out. So I always educate myself. Like if I don't figure this out, they're going to play me. You know what I mean? So that's the first thing I would recommend. Just educate yourself. And then as an event planner, you really have to, you really have to work, you ha really have to work on how you manage stress and mm. how you manage people mm. because event planning is, I'm pretty sure if you even like Google, like one of the most stressful jobs, like event planning is up there in the sense of your, what you produce is in front of everybody and it's live. Mm. So if something messes up, everybody sees. And so a lot of times as event planners, we put that pressure on ourselves where we don't really understand that a lot of people don't even know what to expect. So whatever you give them, they're going to be cool with it. Just do your best. And then when you're managing people, people have so much anxiety when it comes to events. And so these, your clients are having all this anxiety and then you have anxiety. And then next thing you know, you've been planning events for years, but never really enjoyed it because everything was just a stressful experience. That's something that happened to me. You know, the first few years I was planning events, it was just stress because I didn't know how to manage my stress. I didn't know what stress was. I just thought I had to just keep working and overextend myself. And I was like, nah, like it, that actually is not the thing to do. The thing to do is just to do your best, do all that you can do every day to the best of your ability. That's it. Mm. You know, if it's out of your control, rather than stress about it, let them know it. Like, let's just keep it moving, you know, always adapt. And I feel like that's why so many clients have enjoyed working with me in comparison to maybe other planners is because no matter what, the party is going to go on. We're going to keep it rocking. Things are going to mess up and I'm prepared for that. You're never going to really catch me in the middle of it, having a breakdown in the middle of the event. Like I'm going to fix it. I'm going to figure out how it, how it needs to get done. And half the time I won't even tell you what happened. I'm not even going to stress you out with that because I know that'll cause you anxiety. I'm just going to absorb that stress myself. So that's, 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 that's two good tips. I feel like can definitely as a planner, if I would have known that, if I would have known, like focus on how to manage stress, like learn that before anything else, I would have been able to enjoy the journey a mm. lot more. Mm. Now that I have figured out how to focus on stress, everything is good. You feel me? Even when shit hits the fan, it's still good. We yeah. just gonna learn, you know? So yeah. you got to do me a favor. Um, yeah. And this is why I say that. Um, so this is episode 64, um, episode 63 that we were, I guess, I don't want to say we were supposed to, but I was supposed to be dropping episode 63 Tuesday. Instead, I'm dropping episode 64 on Tuesday because I dropped an extra episode Saturday in honor of my homegirl who dropped a film this past Saturday. Right. So this is what I want to do, because I think that it would help the podcast. Everything that we've gotten today is. um a recollection right of your journey i would like to see you and hear from you in a moment when you're planning an event so with that being said you're going to be on the podcast again and i would like to get you on the podcast in the deepest when you're in the trenches of planning an event so that that way everything seems more not organic, but everything seems like, okay, well, this is about to happen and this is what I'm doing for it to make it happen. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. So, uh, so, um, I would like to get you on when you're, when you're, and, and I know that maybe even planning for an event, sometimes you, you lock yourself into a room, you're writing down things. I would like to get you in that process to, okay. to fully understand where your mind is at, at certain points in that journey. You know what I mean? That's, that's what yeah. intrigues me. That's what intrigues me. Um, yeah. Okay. So, uh, w- you know, you mentioned earlier, um, challenges, what was the worst? Well, I'm not worse, but what was the most challenging thing that you've ever, is that where I want to go with it? Yeah. What is the most challenging thing that you ever created in terms of like proposal a proposal to a company? What was the weirdest thing I should say? What is the weirdest thing and most off the wall thing that you came to a company and said, Hey, we should try this. What was that? What was that event? That actually worked or that I just pitched? Both. Both. <laughs> um, so the big, the, the weirdest one I did was definitely um, for Marisk Line um, to take them to South by Southwest. That okay. was definitely like the most ballsy one. Um, I also um, pitched a, to create an app, like this uh, 3D, uh, this 3D app where we would scan you would take the app and you would scan the logo and then a whole ship would pop up and then salespeople can like talk about the different features that we offered just using like a 3d virtual, uh, like with a virtual ship that popped up. So I pitched that, but they, they let me do it. So that Mm. shit was lit. Mm. (laughs) They let me do it. So that shit was definitely lit. Um, so I think that was the, that was definitely the craziest that um, this app for um, a trade show. Now, as far as most pressure, I did plan a sales uh, a sales conference. My budget was five hundred, I think, like six hundred thousand dollars. Okay, that was my budget, um, and I have to plan a sales conference for all of the sales team in North America. Um, it was a three-day conference, and I, the first one I had to do was in New Orleans. And the first one I had to do was in New Jersey. Mm. So that one was cool because I did it with – that was my first year there, and everybody had – there's a lot of people who were there that had already planned the event before, so it was, it was smooth. And then everybody ended up leaving randomly one summer, and I was literally left with – just one person who had done this before I had to basically start over from scratch and I had to plan the whole entire conference in Nashville. Um, so I, I just remember feeling so much pressure in the sense of every, like the marketing manager, everybody who all the salespeople had loved so much, everyone quit. So I literally had so much pressure as far as I I have to make this good or else they're going to be like, Oh, this shit sucks because everybody quit. You know what I mean? Um, it ended up being super amazing, though. Um, I ended up being able to contract a lot of my friends. So I had a fitness company that did, like, workouts. I had my friend do photography. I had my other friends paint a live mural during the conference. Like, I got my people involved, and they were shook. Like, they <laughs> they were hella shook. So that was, that was probably, uh, as far as pressure-wise, one of the biggest, just trying to plan that. Currently, I'm doing a virtual, I'm creating a virtual fitness studio, like as we speak. Um, I literally just launched it yesterday, which is another kind of crazy idea, but I, it's working already, (laughs) but I'm literally, I just started. So tomorrow will be the first day we offer workouts every day. Mm. Uh, So it's a virtual fitness studio. I developed everything on this app. Um, And basically you download the app and you can pick what workouts you want and then you add them to your calendar. And then when it's time for that workout, you get a notification, you click it, and then the link will take you to Zoom, uh, which you'll be able to see the workout train you live. Hmm. So um, that's crazy just because, all right, like I'm literally saying, all right, we're a fitness studio. We just virtual. (laughs) <laughs> you know yeah. I don't know who gave me the audacity to say that but that's what I'm doing this is how we are in this virtual um, industry uh, especially with everything going on everyone's working out from home so instead of having to pay $30 for a membership 
to a gym you don't go to, pay $30 for a whole bunch of workouts. And then I'm also doing like meditation. I'm, I'm doing a whole bunch of other stuff. So okay, that's what, that's what I got right now Okay, and from the past. Yeah. Today is May the 3rd, 2020. We have 242 days left in the year. What do you hope to attain in 242 days? Maintain my peace. Attain. Attain. Maintain. Maintain. Oh, you want to maintain your peace. Maintain my peace. Right now, again, despite everything that's going on in the world, I feel very at peace with the way everything is changing. Yeah. I feel like I'm God's favorite. I feel like everything is working out and not working out in my favor. Yeah. And I just want to keep that same energy yeah. all year. Yeah. If I keep that same energy, the blessings will continue to flow. You feel me? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, yeah, like I said, we're going to have, I, yeah, I would like to get you on here when you're planning for that event, the next event, so I can get it. And then we can drop it the day before the event. If it's a virtual one, especially if it's a virtual one, that's what I did this past weekend and well, this past Saturday, and I saw it be very successful in the numbers and how people were watching just to get the story and then watching the short film that aired later on that evening. So, uh, Dope. yeah, I'm definitely down for that. So I'm doing this virtual conference, but I'm also planning a virtual nurse, a virtual power brunch for nurses. Mm hmm. Um, so I'll let, that's probably going to be in July. Okay. So we can maybe connect then. Sure. For and, sure. For uh, sure. cause by then that'll be like my, that'll be my third virtual event. Mm. And cause I'm only doing virtual events and private parties this year. I, I know everything is opening back up, but I'm not like in the sense of I'm cool with like planning virtual experiences. Cause I feel like they can be just as impactful, but I don't trust outside yet. So yeah. until they figure that out. I'm a, I'm a, you know, yeah. adapt. Yeah. 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 So most importantly, so, yeah. most importantly, the last question I'll ask is what's next for you? You said that earlier. I smirked. I smirked when you, when you mentioned the word what's next. And I was like, okay, that's the name of the podcast. I smirked, but what's next for you? Uh, I definitely plan on really going hard on these virtual events. I plan on doing some virtual events in the music industry, mm. whether it's like a virtual release party, a virtual concert. I don't know if you saw what Travis Scott did with Fortnite, but I saw that. that whole, yeah, that whole concept of taking music and technology and bringing it to people's homes, but still making them feel like they're there. Mm. Like that's what's next for me. Cause mm. that's where the world is going. So rather than fight it or wait for outside to open, I'm going to figure out how to, I already know I can plan a lit as event in person. I've done it, you know, but can you do the same thing virtually? That's the new challenge for me. And I did do one conference that worked, that went so well, like we did a survey and a hundred percent of the people said that they will go to another event. Mm. So you can't get no better than a hundred percent. So I've done it. I've seen it work. Now I'm really trying, I want to do it again because, you know, you can do it once, but can you do it twice? Mm. And then I'm going to do it again and I'm going to do it again. And I really see myself just, that's, that's my next challenge, you know? All right, girl, you can plan an event in real life, but can you make an event virtually lit? And if I could do that, then all right, cool. Like now I know it's really creativity. It's the, really the creativity I have, you know, it's not just all the factors. It's, it's really me, you know? So, yeah, yeah. At this point in the podcast, what I like to give is I like to give a, a Cigna, a token of my appreciation. And so when we get off the podcast, I'll ask you for your address and I'll send you a T-shirt. One of the exclusive SVI T-shirt that I give to every creative that comes on the podcast. And the next one is the podcast T-shirt. I have a red version on right now, but it's black. And I give that to every creative that comes on the podcast as a token of my appreciation for your time. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Look forward to getting it. No doubt, no doubt. I'll text you in a few. Houston, Texas. Um, Sandra from Houston lives out in L.A. And she's an event planner and uh, a good friend of mine. Houston, I do what I do for myself to prove that I can do it for others. Peace and blessings. Sandra, say bye. Bye. Love y'all. Yo, I'm a um, great episode. What you think? 
What you think? What you think the Oh, 